Attention Patriots, this is the Chris Ann Hall Show. Who's going to stand up? Where are the lovers of liberty? I think that's absurd. It's ridiculous. It's unconstitutional. It's out of control. You think this is over? This isn't over. There's a liberty wave coming. I pledge allegiance to the flag of the United States of America, to the republic for which it stands, one nation, under God, indivisible, with liberty and justice. Rise and shine, liberty-loving patriots. Welcome to the Chris Ann Hall Daily Journal. Chris Ann Hall here, K-R-I-S-A-N-N-E-H-A-L-L.com, where we are liberty over security, principle over party, and truth over your favorite personality. So glad to have you with us here today on the Daily Journal Show, where we endeavor to bring to you the things that are probably not seen in your mainstream media, but ought to be, you know, the real important stuff. Uh, not like the the insane obsession that we see in mainstream media today, but we are coming up on election time, so you know what? That's what we're going to be focused on now until November, and then after November, from November to January, we'll be focused on the election again, and or still, I should say, on who won and who didn't win, and these ballots and the electoral college and all this other crazy stuff that you always, always see. Um, I, I don't know. If you should follow me on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and obviously we are on YouTube. So if you're watching us on YouTube right now, you see the the uh, ticker at the bottom gives you the website, chrisannhall.com, where you can get linked to all our show's social media. Because if you're linked with me, you got to see Schiff and his lies, his actual video clip of Schiff, or uh, audio clip of Schiff having a phone conversation with the Ukrainian government officials colluding to get dirt on Trump. This stuff with Schiff is going to come, I mean, this is going to be really interesting. Now, I just want to mention to you, from a liberty perspective, uh, you know, the Schiff thing really disturbs me. Uh, the socialist movement really disturbs me. What's happening in the House of Representatives? We've talked about this. The House Ways and Means Committee, if you've listened to the show the last couple of weeks, talking about how the House Ways and Means Committee is trying to establish uh, government-forced speech through the withholding of, of uh, tax-exempt status for people that the House Ways and Means Committee doesn't agree with, Right. And so all these things are very important, but what is my chief concern? What is my chief concern from a liberty perspective? What are the American people going to do with what they're seeing? Seriously. I mean, uh, JC and I were, were watching something on Instagram the other day where this uh, expert, was a defense attorney, right? Said, um, I don't think that that accidental shooting police violence has increased in the last few years. 
It's just that we're able to see more of it now than we were before. Is that a pretty good paraphrase of what that was? Well, I think that we have such an amazing opportunity right now. I don't know that necessarily the government is more corrupt than it, it used to be, but I'm going to tell you the this is the perfect storm for seeing it's this corruption. Exposed. It is seriously being exposed. Love Trump, hate Trump. I don't care where you stand. I'm I'm liberty. I'm principle over party, truth over personality, liberty over security. So I'm going to be giving you from that perspective. But you are a Trump lover. You are never Trump or it doesn't matter to me. You have to acknowledge the fact that Trump is exposing things that have never been exposed before. You know what, JC? I was thinking the other day because it's funny how Trump really responds to these things. He throws it back in their faces. Mm -hmm. And I was actually thinking, I can't even imagine any of the Bush family people doing that. No. George W. Bush, George Bush Sr. I mean, I'm thinking back in my mind, even Ronald Reagan, as bold as he was in his day, as quote unquote independent of the party as Reagan was in his day, he would not be such a blinding light exposing this kind of corruption. Yeah. Well, you remember, I think W. preached the new tone or whatever. That yeah. It was always roll over and let him punch you in the face. Yeah. I, I don't know. That all. Uh, turn the other cheek. Yeah. Be nice to them and they'll be nice to you. Right. That was whatever. kind of their, their thought, which, again, you can't appease these people. So you got Elizabeth Warren, who is going full on social. She and uh, Ocasio-Cortez are, are now attached to the hip. Uh, Elizabeth Warren apparently generated, what, $25 million? Yeah, 25.3 in the third quarter. 25.3 in the third quarter, which puts her above uh, Biden now. Yeah, or excuse me, 24.6. Sanders is at 25.3. It's interesting that Sanders raised the most, but yet, they're trumpeting Elizabeth Warren, which I guess maybe she made the biggest climb or something. I don't know. But it's but it's interesting. Bernie, Bernie just does not get the spotlight. In, He's never. In that I don't get that. I mean, and these people are more radical than Bernie now. You can't actually say that the Dems aren't giving Bernie stop spotlight because he's too socialist because Warren taking on the Ocasio-Cortez, you know, yeah. political plan puts her like in Pluto level of of yeah they're all trying to outleft each other yeah right crazy so that sort of brings me but to the funny. question of who who's running the democrat party anymore because yeah. as the establishment have they gone full on radical socialist by the way i really can't believe that the establishment has by the way you have to add up all of the candidates fundraising to equal well you don't even equal what trump raised yeah so he's, well he's smoking all of them like you know that. the <laughs> the, way, the the best campaign advertisement for Donald Trump has been the House Democrats. Yeah. Every time they do something, every time they say something, oh man, you can almost, it's almost somebody should be able to go cha-ching, 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 every time they open their mouth. Oh my goodness. Who was it we saw on Instagram calling out uh, Sheila Jackson Leash? These people are dumb as stinking rocks. Now, I'm not telling you Trump is, 
is perfect. Trump is absolutely off the rail most of the time when he's talking about guns. Because sometimes he like, he waffles, he's like guns and no guns. And I didn't mean that. And this is what I mean. And you never know what negotiating he's really doing. I hope that he realizes that there is a large percentage of the American people that are not going to be negotiating an art of a deal with our right to keep and bear arms. <laughs> so if that's the kind of game Trump's trying to play with that particular thing, he's going to lose. But here's the point, JC. If he just keeps his mouth shut about guns between now and November. <laughs> Trump keeping his mouth shut about uh, something? About guns. Okay, there's plenty of other stuff he can run his mouth about, right? But if he keeps <laughs> his mouth shut about guns between now and November, he's really going to, I believe he'll sail through. But the Democrats, are. you're right, they're driving, I think they're driving his support up because Why? it galvanizes. They have to notice this. They watch these polls all the crazy. time. They're just rabid. They're just that crazy. They're, it's the Trump derangement syndrome, but they're, they galvanize his base. They galvanize the supporters to, you know I mean? Yeah. They're, they're on, they're like next level overdrive. Mm. And then I think the people like me who I'm not a, you know, I'm not out there waving the Trump flag. Right. But with each passing day, I'm like, I can't wait to vote for Trump just just because. I mean, he, so they they really stir up even marginal support. Like these guys are so yeah. out of control. Now I'm like, I'm right. ready to vote. I so can't here's wait. the bottom line, right? This this is brings me back to this question that I have. What are the American people going to do with the corruption that's been exposed? Are, as a general population, are we going to offer up the same recycled excuses? Because here's the point. You can say, oh, well, it's the Democrats. I don't vote for the Democrats anyway. Well, let me just be a little bit out there for you. Let me just be liberty in your face for just one second. The Republicans who are not on, the, on, on a box on the street corner shouting from a bullhorn exposing the corruption every single day. They're part of this problem. If they're just sitting back and saying nothing, if they're just sitting back and laughing or they're like, you know, like that guy, whatever, they are the problem. This should be our opportunity to clean house. We can't wait for someone in government to clean up government. Do, do we hear how, how insane that sounds? Oh, I can elect this guy. Donald Trump will clean up government. I can elect this guy to clean up government. This congressman will, you know, whatever. Government doesn't clean up government, and I don't care who they are. Donald Trump's exposing, but Donald Trump is not really cleaning this up. He doesn't have the power. The cleaning up of government comes from the people. That's our job. And if we just keep running with the same old recycled excuses, this guy's better than the other guy, or, you know, he tries hard, or he's right most of the time, nothing is ever going to change. And you gotta get back local. If you completely, completely disassociate yourself from politics because you can't stand what you see, nothing's gonna change. If you're sick and tired of the federal realm, 
Get in your local realm. Get involved in your county commission, your city council. Spend an, an afternoon speaking to your sheriff. Have a lunch, uh, a weekly lunch meeting with your sheriff. Sit down with your house rep, with your governor. Do what you can to mold your state and local. I think the action, so the action focus is local, but it seems to me there's a synergy between the federal and the state, particularly when I think of, mm -hmm. of the presidency, maybe not the rest, but definitely the presidency. I see the presidency is kind of like the sheepdog, you know, is, is driving the cattle in a certain direction. So that's where I think of all the offices of federal, right. the, the president is, is key because when you're trying to work at the local level to, to have action, well, guess what? You need recruits and having, a, having the right kind of guy that can motivate people from the right. top is going to give you more resources at the bottom to work. Right, right. So that's where... Liberty's lobbyist Chris Ann Hall has now taken control. Welcome back to the Chris Ann Hall Daily Journal. I'm glad you're joining us. We've just gone through our, I guess, our little political brief for you for the for this episode. And now I want to get into some really important topics that you're probably not seeing in other places. Uh, I think the first thing that I want to talk about, JC, is I want to remind everybody about the about the Ninth Circuit case that we covered not too long ago. If you'll bring that one up on the screen so everybody can see the Ninth Circuit case as a reminder. There we go. This was a Ninth Circuit case where the Ninth Circuit gave a, uh, a legal opinion of license to steal. And remember, what the Ninth Circuit said was these officers went into this house with a warrant and they can't, they are subject to what, what they call uh, immunity from from a civil suit, right? They are immune from prosecution because they had a warrant, but they pocketed people's stuff, right? Ninth Circuit, they have a warrant, they go in, they collect 150 plus thousand dollars in cash, $125,000 in coins. The officers only put $50,000 in cash in evidence and they pocket all the rest. So when the people, because the due process is over, get their stuff back and there's only $50,000, they're like, hey, where's the rest of my 200 plus thousand dollars worth of stuff? So they go after the officers in a civil suit to get their money back. And the Ninth Circuit says, no, I'm sorry, they had a warrant. And here's the number two thing that's really important. There's no precedent that says they violated your rights. So you don't, there's no precedent saying that you have a right to be free from government agents stealing your stuff, right? Everybody remember that. This so it's a Judge license Milan to steal. Smith. This is Judge Milan Smith. There was three of them. We went over that last week on the show. 
two, one was a Reagan appointee, one was a Bush appointee, one was a Clinton appointee. So you can't call these Ninth Circuit judges a bunch of, you know, liberal justices. We got two Republican presidents putting the two of the three on there, right? And so number one, you have no right to be free from uh, government stealing your stuff as long as they have a warrant first. Remember, it's not civil asset forfeiture. You can get your stuff back with that. This is the officers pocketing your stuff and the court saying you can't get it back now, right? Because there's no precedent that says you have a right to be free from the government stealing your stuff. So enter now in the Vickers case. It's also Sorry, stuff not, that's not even in the warrant. No, it was in the warrant. Okay. So the stuff was in the warrant. It was a drug warrant. So as I explained last time, drug warrants are practically the most limitless warrants they're in. You can very literally take a kitchen sink with a drug warrant. So any cash, any money, anything of value laying around, you can take it into custody as evidence because the assumption is you use drug money to buy it or it is drug money, uh -huh. right? The kingpin things, right? And so the, the officers actually physically pocketed $200,000. Hmm. And the court said, uh, no, you can't. They have, uh, they have immunity, qualified immunity, because there's no established court case that says you have a right to be free from officers physically stealing your stuff. Hmm. Okay. Now enter in the Vickers case. This is Amy Corbett v. Michael Vickers. Now, this is just absolutely insane. Here's what happened. The, 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 the Corbett family is in their backyard having a family thing, okay? Uh, can, you, I, can you put up the, the one that has the court thing on it? Did you? Maybe you didn't get that one. Sorry, that would be my fault. Oh, okay. All right. So here's the thing. The factual background. So the Corbett's are in the backyard, uh, Damon Stewart and six minor children, including Corbett's 10-year-old child and two other children under the age of three were outside in Corbett's yard. Corbett and two other minors were inside. At some point after Vickers and the other officers entered Corbett's yard, the, uh, so here's the thing, they were in hot pursuit. Okay, mm -hmm. so they're chasing somebody who jumped into the backyard. The officers jump into the backyard and they demand every they're shouting. They got guns pulled. Everybody on the ground. Everybody on the ground. And when we get back from the break, I'm going to show you what this is. This is really going to blow your mind. As arrogant men tear up our constitution and from every can't learn the easy way, you'll learn the hard way. Chris Ann Hall, she's Liberty's lobbyist. Welcome back to the Chris Ann Hall Daily Journal. We're talking about your right, your rights when government is usurping your rights, the government giving itself permission to destroy your rights. And specifically, now we have the Ninth Circuit giving government agents the license to actually physically rob you. 
with a warrant. Now we have the 11th Circuit giving officers the authority to shoot innocent bystanders with qualified immunity. So here we have family in the backyard, adults, children in the backyard. Officers are in hot pursuit of a criminal. The criminal jumps or, or, some, or a suspect, let's put it this way, a suspect. The suspect jumps in the backyard. The officers jump in the backyard, weapons drawn, screaming at the people, get on the ground. Everybody gets on the ground, okay? The officers handcuff the suspect and, and uh, uh, place a gun at his back. Now, here's the thing. While the children were lying on the ground, obeying the officer's orders, without necessity or any immediate threat or cause, the, their pet dog, Bruce, came out, okay? So pet dog Bruce comes outside, stares at the officer. The kid yells at the dog, go away, go away, go away. And the officer shoots at the dog and misses. So the dog is not attacking anybody. He shoots at the dog and misses. The dog runs back in the house. Well, a few seconds later, the dog comes back out and is right next to one of the children. The officer then fires two more shots at the dog. Even according to the judicial record, the dog was not any threat at all. The officer fires two shots at the dog and misses the dog hitting the child in the leg, okay? So now the child is shot in the leg and the family is suing the police officer for excessive force. The 11th Circuit says, well, we don't have any precedent that says that the officer uh, is liable for uh, your violation of your rights when he shoots you in the leg by accident. And so since there's no precedent that tells us that he can't shoot you in the leg, then you can't sue him. This child, according to the court records, has to have surgery, is, is traumatized, has to go through physical therapy, has to go psychological therapy. Listen to the conclusion of the court. In conclusion, we hold, and, and I think when I put that, um, when I put that, the, the front page up there, JC, I included the names of the judges. So we could just not call them judges, but we could call them by names. In conclusion, we hold that Vickers is entitled to qualified immunity because at the time of the incident giving rise to this appeal, there was no clearly established law making it apparent to any reasonable officer in Vickers' shoes that his actions in firing at the dog and accidentally shooting the child would violate the Fourth Amendment. Because we find no violation of clearly established right, we need not reach the other qualified immunity questions of whether a constitutional violation occurred in the first place. So they went to this Fourth Amendment thing and they're like, okay, being shot in the leg is not a violation of an a lawful search and seizure, right? So maybe the idea was they jumped into the yard, they unlawfully entered the property, and so that resulted in the shooting. So they said, you know what, we don't have to, um, because we don't see a Fourth Amendment violation, 
we don't even have to address any of the other constitutional issues here, period. So basically what they're saying is, if an officer shoots at a dog and accidentally shoots you, you can't sue them because they have qualified immunity. What, what were the names of these judges so I can put them in my prayers? Yes, the name, well, they're right there on the front page. Wilson, Branch, Anderson. Yeah, Wilson, Branch, and Anderson. This, the uh, Anderson is the one who actually wrote the opinion, but mm -hmm. Wilson, Branch, and Anderson are the three circuit okay. judges. I'll make sure to start For the praying. 11th Circuit. Now, this is out of Alabama, right? So I believe this is from the, no, Georgia. This is the Southern District of Georgia. So you can't even blame this on the Ninth Circuit. You can DM me to ask me what, what I'm exactly going to pray if you're <laughs> interested. Yeah, uh, JC <laughs> is on Instagram. You can send him a message there. He's at JC Hall Global on Instagram. People are asking me if you, because of your name, JC Hall Global, if you're a globalist, if you're part of the global agenda, if you believe in one world government. Um, if I told you that, I'd have to kill you. <laughs> What does that mean? <laughs> if, I, if I'm an Illuminati, why would I tell you I'm an Illuminati? Because you wrote global on your address, man. No, but why would I admit to it, right? We, as Illuminatis, we like to, you know, kind of mock you by being right out there. But we're right, not right, 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 right. So, so why would you ask a question? Let's just tally up where we are now, okay? Number one, from the Ninth Circuit. I want you to see where this is going. Number one, from the Ninth Circuit. You have no quote-unquote constitutional right to be free from having government agents rob you at gunpoint, okay? As long as they have a magic piece of paper in their hand, according to the Ninth Circuit, they can rob you at gunpoint for their personal, right? Let's just get this clear. For their personal uh, enrichment. Like pirates. Pirates, yes. That's why I call these judges judicial robber barons, okay? Because they're actually the barons giving the agents the permission to rob and steal and kill, right? Con contract pirates. Contract pirates, yes. So according to the Ninth Circuit, the the law, any agent, now this was actually Fresno City Police. So all the way down to the City Police Department, they now, if they have a magic piece of paper in their hand, they can rob you at gunpoint and put the money and enrich themselves. It's like that Denzel Washington yeah. movie. I, I am the police, mm -hmm. right? What was that? Training day. Yeah. Training day, right? Now, the 11th Circuit says that government agents can go onto your property uninvited, without a warrant, guns blazing, and you don't have a constitutional right to not be shot. Mm -hmm. Seriously, where is that taking us? I want to read something to you, JC. I believe that God just simply delivered this in my lap. I was, um, so we have the Constitutional America show on Roku, uh, Fire TV, a uh, Fire Stick, uh, Apple TV, and Samsung TV through the Oath Keepers channel. And this Saturday, I did a special edition on James Otis Jr. And as I was researching this, I came across this, JC. I don't know how, I'm sure I've seen it before. I don't know how it missed it before. But what I have, remember John Adams wrote about what he saw in that courtroom? Mm -hmm. Well, John Adams actually wrote what he saw the, the government's case to be. 
So an attorney by the name of Gridley, G-R-I-D-L-E-Y, uh, gave his argument before the Boston Superior Court, February of 1761. And I want to read to you what he says. He says, I appear on behalf of Mr. Cockle and others. Now, let me give you the background of this case. James Otis Jr. and two businessmen are suing some government agents for unlawful searches and seizures pursuant to a writ of assistance a warrant under the color of law. So what these guys are doing, I, I just hardly can say this out loud, JC, what these guys are doing are taking a warrant from the crown, going into these two business owners' businesses and homes, and stealing and pocketing their stuff, okay? Does this sound crazy like history repeating? It ought to, it is. And these guys, this was just rampant. James Otis Jr. is going to quit his government job and and take up this as his champion cause against these writs of assistance. And now he's taking up an actual legal case to stop two particularly egregious agents who are plundering and pillaging the people of Boston. Not only that, these agents, this is widespread all throughout the colonies, these agents are not just stealing stuff. They're not just searching and seizing our stuff. They're searching and seizing our wives and daughters. We're talking about serious serious egregious abuse if you want to know the full details of this story you got to go to the oath keepers channel this saturday at 7 p.m or sign up at libertyfirstuniversity.com the oath keepers shows will be on the libertyfirstuniversity.com channel but let me read this to you now remember they're stealing robbing and raping and who knows probably killing people too he says I appear on behalf of Mr. Cockle and others, the government agents, who pray, quote, are you ready? That as they cannot fully exercise their offices in such a manner as his majesty's service and their laws in such cases require, unless your honors who are vested with the power of a court for this province will please grant them the power of their writs of assistance. They therefore pray that they and their deputies may be aided in the execution of their offices by these writs of assistance under the seal of the court and in legal form according to the usage of His Majesty's courts in Great Britain. See here the argument? We're just doing our job. If you limit our ability to do our job, we won't be able to do what the king needs us to do. We won't be able to enforce the laws. Look, at uh, this is just crazy. May it please your honors. It's certain it has been the practice of the court in England and of this court in this providence to grant these writs of assistance to custom house officers. Such writs are mentioned in several acts of parliament, in several books of report, and in a book called The Modern Practice of the court exchange. We have a precedent in the form of a writ called the writs of assistance for customs out officers and blah, 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 right? So look at what they did. James Otis Jr. is arguing that these writs violate the liberties of the people and violate the constitutions of Great Britain. They're saying, oh, but the legislators say it's okay. And we've been doing this for so long and it we can't do our job without it. So you have to go against this. Never once does the government make the argument about liberty or the Constitution. Does this ring any bells for you, JC? 
Does this sound really, really familiar? How about you guys out there? Does this sound it? History always repeats. Welcome back to the Chris Ann Hall Daily Journal. Patrick Henry said, I have but one lamp by which my feet are guided, and that is the lamp of experience. I know no way to judge the future but by the past. Alexander Hamilton said, Experience is the oracle of truth, and where its responses are unequivocal, they ought to be held to be sacred and conclusive. Nothing ever changes in government. What's happened in America is that we've been denied this history because our forefathers actually lived through what the Ninth Circuit and the Eleventh Circuit are now, quote-unquote, making legal. They lived through that. They thought we would learn from that experience and never let it happen again. But I want you to notice, you didn't learn about this in school. How many of you, show me your hands, how many of you learned about the trial of James Otis Jr. and the unlawful searches and seizures happening in 1760? I guarantee you of everybody out there listening all over the world, because I we have people all over the world listening to this, that maybe five people have heard this. If we had actually known this, we could have seen it coming. I, and we'd be in the streets now. Not just simply having rallies, but actually protesting this stuff. We wouldn't be contemplating, you know, how do we get the same guy back into office anymore? We'd be moving and motivating to get people's out, people out. We'd be making sure we had a sheriff that never let this happen. We had a police chief that never let this happen. I'm going to go ahead and put this, this reference here in the show notes today um, called um, Adam's Abstract of the Argument. Uh, April 1761. So the court hearing was the Superior Boston Superior Court of February of 1761, and Adams wrote an abstract of what happened, or at least published an abstract of what happened in April. And it's just it's just stunning to me. Uh, the arguments of the government are exactly the same as those you hear today. You've got to be safe. We're just trying to keep people safe. We're just trying to, to enforce the law. Our job is to enforce the law. We can't, we can't successfully keep people safe. We can't enforce the law if you don't let us do A, B, C, or D. Can I just mention to you that our Constitution is actually in writing? Can I also mention to you that your state Constitution is also in writing? And our state constitutions, for the most part, with very few and limited exceptions, mirror provisions of the Bill of Rights in our state constitutions. So you can't just simply say it's just the U.S. Constitution. Your state constitution says the same thing. And Samuel Adams wrote in 1772, 
Among the natural rights of the colonists are these, first, life, second, liberty, third, property, together with the right to protect and defend them in the best means possible. Your right to life, liberty, property, and the security of that life are natural rights. Why does the court have to tell itself that you actually have these rights? Do you ever think about this, JC? Their argument was, I don't, we don't have a precedent that tells us you have a right to not be shot by an officer. We don't have a precedent that tells us you don't have a right to uh, be free from officers stealing from you at gunpoint. Why is that even a legitimate argument that the court has yet to tell itself what your rights are? Your rights are written down. And even the Ninth Amendment says the rights that aren't written down are still yours. I just, you know what, JC, this whole judicial supremacy and the fact that we can't take a breath unless the courts tell us it's freaking lawful makes me so angry. I, 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 I almost can't even speak because it makes me mad. The way we have enslaved ourselves to the judicial opinion. We've actually allowed them to call themselves to be law. You're building a manifesto over there of the judges, aren't you? It's crazy that 11th Circuit that says, you know, they can shoot you and mm -hmm. too bad, so sad. Um, one was one. So three judges. Mm -hmm. One's a Trump appointee. One's a Clinton appointee. And get this. One's a Carter appointee. Oh, my goodness. There is a the senior <laughs> judge in the 11th Circuit. He's went in there in 1979. Well, I hope you enjoyed our constitutional show today. God bless, and we'll see you next time.